from depression to diabetes to obesity and addictions. Our medical problems are climbing and are now at epidemic rates. This is why I started this podcast, Your Health Transformed, to educate you, to teach you, so we can all learn how to combat these increasing medical problems and live well again and become transformed. I am your host, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, bariatric surgeon, and have seen these medical problems and treated them firsthand. I am now on a journey to help transform health, not just band-aid it. So thank you for listening and going on this journey with me and all of my guests on Your Health Transformed. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Your Health Transformed. Today, I'm really excited to talk about hormone and how hormones can dramatically change your life for the better. We have author of Hormone Secrets, Dr. Yoho, and I'm so excited that he is now on the show and he's going to be able to talk about everything in this topic, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. But it's great because he's going to enlighten you. He's going to enlighten me. And I'm really excited to talk to him and get his thoughts on this topic. So welcome to the show, Dr. Yoho. Thank you so much, Franchelle, for uh, allowing me to speak. And uh, we're uh, colleagues. We're on first name basis. You're welcome to call me Robert if you want. And I have a 10-second disclaimer that I've got to do because uh, of all the plaintiff's lawyers out there, and you know all about them too. Um, (laughs) We have to say that this is not specific advice for any individual patient. It's general advice. And if you need help, you got to find a licensed provider and get your advice from them. So, but I've spent uh, years working on this uh, material and uh, I, I, I think it's all true. So so I looked it up and your background, I mean, you do several things. You're like rock climber, you're <laughs> board certified in emergency medicine, you do cosmetic surgery. So what made you decide to become an expert and treat and do bioidentical hormone therapy? I'm curious what your story is. <laughs> well, you know, I, I can go over my background at, at nauseum, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and I was a Boy Scout, Eagle Scout once too, but that's, it's all kind of irrelevant. But so I'm a retired guy now. I've been out of clinical practice for two years and I'm just doing academic work and writing these books and so on. Um, but what got me interested was I, well, I went to several hormone seminars during, I, you know, I've got a general kind of curiosity about things. And in cosmetic surgery, we primarily deal with women. And yeah. the menopausal symptoms are very prominent in women over 45 or 50. And uh, so I got interested in it. I gradually learned more and more. And I trained and I finally was certified in bioidentical hormone administration. And then I wrote this book. Now, I'm not a, I was never a full-time hormone doctor, so mm-hmm. my experience is more limited, and it's primarily women, although I have treated men. Uh, but I, I did write this book and survey all the literature about it. Yeah, perfect, perfect. And for the audience, do you mind going over some of those postmenopausal symptoms that you saw, for example, in your own practice, uh, and then I'll add my two cents. Yeah, I'm. We both have uh, enormous intimate familiarity with that. If we've had a female practice, and of course, being sixty-eight and retiring at sixty-five, all my patients were uh, they were following me up there in the age groups, and yeah. so I for the last fifteen or twenty years, I had a lot of patients over. 
45 or 50. So, you know, everybody knows about the hot flashes and the fatigue mm -hmm. and the anxiety and the depression, but um, not everybody understands that intellectual decline and muscle uh, weakening and uh, many diseases are associated with menopause. And a lot of these things are avidly treated or even prevented by uh hormone therapy, particularly estrogen. Yeah. Wow. And and we'll get definitely more into that. Like one of the things that got me into hormone replacement therapy is one, as you know, I kind of reviewed the literature and saw all the benefits. Um, and my patient population was predominant um, obesity, interested in some type of weight loss. And I noticed that when I replaced their hormones, um, they lost weight. Sometimes that was like an independent reason, just hormone replacement for their weight loss. So once I saw that and not only helped with their sleep, which can cause weight gain, all these other effects that cause weight gain from abnormal hormones, that's why I introduced it in my practice and I saw dramatic results. So I'm curious for to have this conversation about what you see, because one of the biggest things that I got, and I'm interested to hear your opinion when patients came, believe it or not, it was a lot of pushback for bioidentical hormone therapy. I would have patients who would come in and they're, you know, you check their labs and they're completely off. And I'm like, I know hormones would help this patient, but then they would be like, oh, my family practice doctor said, no, I don't be, you know, there's a study. I shouldn't get hormones. Even OBs were really against hormone replacement therapy. And I really had to almost like educate my patients on the, on the literature and how this worked out and almost convince them, but I didn't, you know, I'm like, it's up to you, but these are the benefits of it. And this is what's true. And this is what not true. So I'm curious to see what you, what you saw in your practice when you were well, doing this. Yeah. Testosterone is well known in our community. I mean, I'm talking about the hormone replacement community to be the best weight loss drug that was ever invented. It's, <laughs> it's better than fentermine. It's better than fenfen. It, it, we have observational studies that go out 10 years and they, uh, these of uh, men who plane the weight off gradually over a decade. Um, yeah. it, it perks you up. It, it gives you the energy to exercise and it gives your muscles the ability to consume fuel. And I mean, it's, there are many, many, many benefits. And since testosterone gets broken down to estrogen, I think a lot of the benefits are estrogen administration. So, and of course, in males, we always check the um, estradiol levels because we wanted to be sure that they were getting adequate amount of testosterone, which converts to estrogen. It's just as important in men as women. Uh, That's an interesting fact. I want you kind of expand on that because a lot of my patients, when I'd be like, you need testosterone, it's my women. They're like, what? Testosterone? I don't need testosterone. And I don't give high doses that I would give in my males. But And then the fact that you're saying males also could use estrogen this is almost like a common um, myth among patients. Like men don't need estrogen and women don't need testosterone because men are like, I don't want the gynecomastia, which is breast in, in men. So I'd love for you to kind of expand on, you know, those myths, so to speak. Yeah, the um, uh, testosterone is acknowledged to be an excellent uh, monotherapy for hormone replacement. And what I did, and you're probably well aware of this, dealing with uh, 
you know, sick patients and the hospitalized patients, a third of the drugs you give patients as outpatients are thrown in the trash and never used, right? So mm-hmm. I had to figure out a way I to uh, explain to my patient that these things worked without spending a lot of time, like begging them to use the medication <laughs> and so on. So, you know, we're, see, the audience is laughing and we're laughing too, because we're clinicians and we understand how difficult it is to convince anyone of anything, you know, yeah. <laughs> look, Franchelle, I've got to do this especially women. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say that? Okay. So arguing with women is like arguing with Germans. You might as well forget it. You know, if they're not okay. interested in the hormone therapy, I do not, I did not ever go there. It's like, <laughs> are you interested? No. Okay. We'll just do your boobs. But like, unlike most plastic surgeons who operate on a string of depressed, depressed and anxious uh, people trying to treat their menopause with surgery, I felt ethically obliged to learn about this stuff, and yeah. I step by step uh, got uh, better and better at it, and 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 I eventually offered every surgical patient a free testosterone pellet, which, as I said, gets broken down to estrogen, and it supplies the entire thing. And I always stuck it in through the umbilicus, um, so they they can't complain about the scar. You know, other, yeah. otherwise they're like it's looking the- over their shoulder in the mirror trying to figure out if they have a scar on their backside, you know, yeah. from the little trocar. It's like a, maybe a, a, eight, a four gauge trocar. So it's a pretty big uh, uh, needle that you push the pellet in with. with. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would offer them, I would do the informed consent. And if they were psyched about it, never, if they didn't, weren't psyched about it, I would do it for free. And it cost me $15, $18 for the pellet. And yeah. I got the satisfaction from these women that was just out of the world, out of this world. I mean, they'd come back in two weeks and they'd just be chirping. They'd, yeah. they'd feel great. Their energy was up. They, their sexuality would have returned in that short a time interval when the, yep. as the pellets and it, it freaking lasted two and a half months to three months. And, and that way I could convince them that, that it, that it worked without having uh, compliance issues. So, yeah. I mean, it was, it was great. I just, I just offered and did it and signed the consent and I got to do things that I thought were much more important than the cosmetic surgery. I mean, the lipo, they gain the weight back, they gain the weight of their arms. I mean, you've seen it all before too. Um, But, uh, but with the bioidentical hormone therapy, I could make a permanent uh, improvement in their health. And I I still have patients who uh, are, are, are still on the hormones and they call me occasionally. Of course I'm retired, so I don't, I don't uh, do anything but refer them, but uh, it's been a very satisfying part of my practice. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And earlier we were talking about, the benefits of estradiol. And so I'd like for you to kind of expand here on what you yeah. were saying, pellet versus oral, kind of your take on that. Okay. So this is an important point and it's well established that oral estradiol, but not pellet or cream or patch estradiol reverses and improves the heart, right? It it, mm-hmm. it reverses coronary disease and there's pretty good evidence of that. And the others... The, the patch doesn't. Now, the patch, of course, relieves symptoms. And there's a confusion about some of the studies because there are some problems uh, for older women, right? Uh, and yeah. there, there, it, there's slightly elevated incidence of heart attacks if you start uh, estradiol in older women, uh, but not the patch, right? It's not oral. So yeah. there's this confusion. But the, the net of the risk profile is that the oral is much better and it it has much more avid effects. And if you're do, if you're trying to actually treat the patient and not just treat the symptoms, you you need to use oral estradiol, and you got to get their levels up to eighty to hundred. And uh, same same thing with progesterone. The topical progesterone, the pellet progesterone, 
just doesn't freaking work. And you can prove that to yourself by checking the levels. The levels are never high enough. The levels should be 10 to 20. I think these are peak gram per milliliter, but I always get a confused. Yeah, they're always less levels. than I've noticed. Progesterone is always low in my patients, almost like a vitamin D. It seems it, like every patient is low. Well, you, you're dealing with premenopausal women too, right? And both, so, both. yeah, both. So, um, progesterone is virtually harmless. It can be replaced in premenopausal women. A lot of women have uh, PMS symptoms the last uh, three days to two weeks of their cycles. You can do that in a 22-year-old, and they, they get tremendous benefits from it. You see a lot of PCOS, I'm sure, in your obese yep. patient. And uh, replacing, learning about uh, re uh, thyroid replacement with uh, bioidentical thyroid with T3, uh, T3, T4, porcine combinations, and pushing the progesterone will often allow those women to get pregnant. I mean, it's a huge, huge thing. Wow. And uh, it, you, you rarely have to do very much else in younger women with PCOS. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and I, I don't. I don't have a lot of experience with that, but I, I read all about it and I wrote about it in my book. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I would it's like be to oral get your thoughts on... The topical progesterone just doesn't work. We've checked levels uh, and, and the, the, you'd have to put it on five, six times a day, you see, because it yeah. just doesn't stick around. Topical testosterone, on the other hand, does work for women and you can use it. And you, you, they may only need it three times a week because testosterone sticks around in the female body and it... It's, it's like a freaking miracle. I mean, it really helps their sexuality and their muscle tone and their attitude and everything else. Hot yeah. flashes. Yeah. 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 I think that's great. What do you, what do you tell either other providers or patients who have seen or want to know about the Women's Health Initiative study? Because that's oh a big God. study that came out years ago now, yeah, but everybody's kind of still refers to that. I don't even know if there's been anything that's kind of, you know, there's been some, but tell me your thoughts on that study. Okay. So that was probably the most expensive study ever performed. It cost about a billion dollars and <laughs> the, uh, it's been examined by various authors. And I refer reference that in hormone secrets, which I'm going to send you a copy and you can look at that. And Anna, you'll have my, okay. uh, the ebook's only four bucks on Amazon. I don't make any wow. money off this, all these efforts, you know? So it's just a, uh, and the ebook, you can click through to all the references very conveniently. Um, but um, that study basically has been debunked and it was actually obsolete the day they published it because they examined um, horse urine estrogen, right? Premarin. And yep. they examined Provera, which is um, not bioidentical. It's Correct. a synthetic version of progesterone, which actually is the bad actor in the, yeah. the hormones. Now, I don't want to exaggerate the harms that were found in the Women's Health Initiative. Uh, it, it basically, we're much better off with synthetic and uh, horse urine estrogens than no and progesterone than nothing at all. Um, I think the people still live longer and do better, but it's not anything as good as the bioidentical hormones, which you can, you can get from the compounding pharmacies. Correct. And, uh, they're they're cheap. They can't be patented, and so they've been run down by uh, big pharma. And what the the FDA, which colludes with big pharma, put black box warnings on testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Was that for bioidentical too, or just yeah? All... Well, the, yeah. The thing, yeah, that what they did is they did stick it on every form of. And now there are bioidentical. Um, progesterones, for example, um, Prometrium that you can get, um, you know, as a prescription. And that same warning is on Prometrium and it was okay. based on women's health initiative study of Provera. So it is, right. it Which basically is two different things, not two even completely the same different thing. thing. Yeah. And so, um, 
your 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 prescriptions don't involve the cancer risks or the the other risks uh, that uh, that the old old uh, hormones would. And the the worst thing about this whole thing is these uh, horse urine, estrogen, and the bio and the synthetic progesterones are being advertised on TV. Still, <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> it's sick. More of my patients are on Primarin than any other, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, get off of that. Like, that's what you know. Well, it's it's much better than nothing. It's much better than nothing. And if they like it, why the, it it doesn't, it's not uh, tremendously hazardous. The hazards found in the uh, Women's Health Initiative study were primarily Provera, and they're measured in a few per 10,000. You know, there, there are statistics that are too small to have any clinical meaning, uh, but they don't make you feel as good as estradiol in oral form, which is yeah. the way you, everyone should take it, in my opinion, or um, the progesterone in oral form. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Which gets, gets you good levels. Yeah, no, thanks for clearing that up because, you know, I, I still get people, providers and, and even patients like referring like. Oh no, I shouldn't. One of the first things that some of my patients tell me sometime when I'm like, Ooh, you're home. Cause on my panel, it routinely comes with hormones. So everything that can affect weight Good or cause weight gain, I check yeah, yeah. in almost like my initial panel. And so that includes hormones. Cause that's a huge effect on weight, irrespective of surgery. And I tell my patients this, even if you get bariatric surgery, you are still going to have this problem if it's not replaced. And and I at least give them the education and then let them decide. But one of the biggest things that they'll say is, oh, that's going to cause me cancer. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, let's have a conversation. So have you heard that? And how do you respond to that? Well, you know, I wasn't forced to uh, treat the problem, right? I <laughs> They were there for their boobs or something, you know? So I generally didn't argue with anybody. If they yeah. weren't interested and they started that line, I I knew that they'd be back and forth comparing me with their local gynecologist or some Correct. other uh, general practitioner who would tell them about the cancer and all that. And so I, I mean, I eventually wrote this book, but that was after I retired. Um, yeah, so, so that it wasn't worth it for you to deal with. You're just like, okay, that's fine. You know, yeah. refer them back and then put all the information that they need to know in this book. <laughs> if they start to argue with you, you say, I think you really need to see the other doctor because I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure we're the best fit. <laughs> but, it, you know, I think what I did with the hormones were far more was far more important than any of the cosmetic surgeries. I mean, it, it yeah, you know, I, I, agree. I yeah. same with my bariatric surgery, like. If, if you don't have some of these other things fixed, whether it was vitamin D, thyroid, hormones, I mean, you're only going to get so far with your bariatric surgery because there's some underlying things that just are not, we, we didn't, you know, replace, we didn't bring to normal levels. So I, the, I, I 100% agree with that. The rule of thumb with hormone therapy is that almost all the problems are due to not giving enough hormone right? Mm-hmm. There's almost no problem created by too much hormone with a few rare exceptions. Um, but, uh, I mean, the, the, the commonly, I mean, even the, the, the people who talk about it and write about it say, we just give enough to get rid of the symptoms. Well, you can treat the symptoms if you want with the lowest levels that you can possibly give them using yeah. a patch for estrogen, for example, Correct. but to produce the health benefits, you need to have your doc check the levels and the levels have got to be up uh, to a certain amount. And things like cream or pellet progesterone never produces high enough levels. I mean, I, I just, uh, you know, I mean, I repeatedly saw problems with that. And uh, the, the cream, the cream, you'd, you'd have to do it multiple times a day. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Which for some patients was a pain they'd forget and then it wouldn't be as beneficial. The you other thing I noticed or had a lot of, cause I check levels routinely, like every three months, like whenever they were kind of due, we would check to see where they're at and then I would readjust. But I noticed a lot of people who may have come from other places, they would just get the same dosage. And then they'd come in if they were a new patient to me, I want this dosage. And I'm like, how are you, how are people dosing this without getting appropriate blood levels? Like I never, so for all the patients out there, I personally think that blood levels need to be checked. Don't just, otherwise you're just shooting in the dark with a dart, like what you should be getting. Um, Go ahead. It's true. Uh, It is. I just want to bring up the other point that American College of Gynecologists, uh, ACOG, uh, they they believe that you can treat postmenopausal women without getting levels. So the physicians listening to this should not be afraid of that uh, because there's a standard that you can do that. And th- generally, the doses are relatively standard at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but then then they have to be individualized. And, uh, you know, it's very helpful to check levels. Once you get them going on the right uh, train, so to speak, you can check Correct. levels once a year and, uh, and just pat them on the back once a year. A lot of a lot of these clinics, they just see them virtually once a year. And uh, I think that fulfills their requirement for a good faith exam. Yeah, um, I agree. And I would also agree and, and, and you can agree or disagree that there's a difference between treating the symptoms of menopause and then actually treating medical conditions that can also be treated with hormones. For example, like you said, treating a heart condition, treating um, preventing perhaps cancer or treating diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you got to get the levels up. Otherwise, it yeah. now um, somebody with severe heart disease, the practitioner in America who's confronted with all the liability concerns might want to stay away from hormone prescribing for somebody yeah. with heart disease, even though the risk benefit ratio strongly favors taking oral estrogen at a minimum. Of course, you know, you cannot take estrogen without progesterone if you have a uterus because that brings the chances of uterine cancer up. And that's that's sort of one of the basic ground rules and one of the pitfalls right. that some of the people who don't have any background at all in this field, uh, they make that mistake. Yep. Um, but, you know, it... So... Yeah. Go ahead. So what other... Um, nuggets would you say is in this book for the audience? Like what other things would be helpful? What else do you discuss? Is it just hormones? Do you discuss, I saw other topics on there like thyroid, vitamin D. So just give us kind of an overview. Okay. So we have more experience with hormones than any other drugs long-term. In other words, thyroid we use since the 1800s, over 120 years of experience progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, 50, 60, 70 years of experience. I mean, it's incredible. There, there's slightly different forms that were used, but we just yeah. have this, and we have thousands of observational studies. The randomized control studies are, that are so expensive never get done because these things are not patented. So there, I want to emphasize to your audience that we have a massive experience with this. And if you can find um, someone who is knowledgeable about it, um, and I, I like our particular group, worldlinkmedical.com. It's a relatively small group, and it's it was headed and founded by uh, someone who um, was an innovator uh, named Neil Rosier. Uh, he's a physician. There's another group called the A4M, uh, which is American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, yeah. and they are uh, a little flakier. They have people in the lobby with magic crystals. They're selling, uh, you know, they're selling foot massagers yeah. and all that stuff. But it's still most of it's valuable. They get most things right. Um, 
So uh, you can you can go to these groups and you can get a referral to, to a local uh, physician. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and kind of enlightening us on hormones and hormone secrets. I recommend everybody to go, if you're interested in this topic, to grab his book and educate yourself on hormones, especially if you're on the fence or unsure and you want to get somebody who's very knowledgeable and be able to take care of you. So thank you very, very much, Dr. Rohu, Robert, for being on the show. It's My website is robertyohoauthor.com and I have a substack called robertyoho.substack.com. So thanks. Perfect. I hope this message continued to empower you and inspire you to continue on your health transformation journey. Thank you for listening and please subscribe or download if you like what you're hearing. The goal is to continue to inform you and educate you as you transform on your healthcare journey and show you different paths to take in order to get you to your goal. Until next time, thank you.